The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kyle Larson, only eight before him, have ever won four. Oh, he's got a flat tire to the left front tire's flat. Kyle Larson in the wall. Bowman's going to get by him. Unbelievable. Kind of in shock. I don't know what to say to you guys. I hate to win one that way, but hell yeah, I'll take it. Hamlin and Kyle Busch, they cross to start finish line. Two laps to go. Kyle Busch, keep saying it, had a lap more fuel. Did it a lap later than Denny Hamlin. Denny is sitting there part throttle down here in the turn three. Kyle Busch going to the outside. Here we go. Kyle Busch needs to back it way up. 11's coming to pit road, so Kyle Busch now takes over the lead, taking the white flag. One more white flag. David. Can he make it all the way? Kyle Busch, what a day he's had. And still under power. Still out, still out. Unbelievable. Kyle Busch is going to win at Pocono. Say what you want about fuel mileage races, but that was entertaining to me. That was exciting all the way to the end. What a crazy Pocono weekend, everyone. Welcome to NASCAR America. Motor Mouse, Marty Sire, the Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Burton, jo- Jeff Burton joining you here today. Also on the show with us, Michael McDowell, two top 20 finishes for him at Pocono. Justin Allgaier, a doubleheader just all in one day for Justin Allgaier. And Harrison Burton will join us a little bit later as well. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys, 844-NASCAR-NBC. Also at the hashtag, let me say this. So, uh, guys, if I would have told you going into the weekend that we would have a pass on the last lap in one race and a pass on the next to the last lap in another race, I'm sure you wouldn't have believed me. But which rate, which, which win was more improbable? Hall of Famers first. Alex Bowman on Saturday or Kyle Busch on Sunday with just fourth gear? Oh, my gosh. that, that That's such a toss-up. I mean, both so unexpected. What Kyle Busch was able to do, you know, mm-hmm. Alex Bowman was there. He drove a really good race. He made... Kyle Larson really, really worked hard on Saturday to get around him and take the lead away from him. So he was in position to take advantage of that. I thought when Kyle Busch started having his problems that he was gone, that there was no chance. Even if the thing went green, I, mm-hmm. I thought that somebody else was going to be able to, to make it and he wasn't going to be able to pull this off. So I'm going to go with on the Kyle Busch side. That's a hard question. I, I, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd throw you a curveball yeah, right off you know, the bat, Jeff. I, think, I mean, you could go either way. Since you went Kyle Busch, I'll go the other way I, just because it was fun. Um, you know, I think that the thing I liked about Larson, the Larson-Bowman battle, is I think Alex Bowman isn't given enough credit for putting himself in position to win. He took the lead, yeah, right, yeah. on yeah. the restart. He chose the bottom. Did what nobody else was willing to do, took the bottom, and, and took the lead, and then made Kyle Larson the best driver in the sport right now, driving for the best team in the sport right now, made him get by him. And Larson had to work his guts out to get by him. So, you know, he, clearly Alex Bowman had some luck on his side, but he earned the win because of the position he put himself in. And I, I like those moments. I love seeing a driver. I love seeing a basketball player, a baseball player mm-hmm. step up 
right yeah. at that moment, and that's yeah. what I thought Alex Bowman did on that last restart. Yeah, he's become yeah. the new closer. Yeah, and you had to sit and wonder uh, after uh, after the fact that was there something about everything that he was making Kyle Larson try to do to try to pass him and taking some different lines, run the car a little harder at times, maybe apply a little bit more brake, get up on the curbing over there at the tunnel turn a little bit more. Did any of that factor in to the problem that Kyle Larson had there? So Alex Bowman did a terrific job. And so I want to have this conversation with a Hall of Famer. So we all, we, 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 well, we're stuck in this thing about thinking great racing has to be side by side. I think that's a bunch of junk. The race okay. that we saw with Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman was only side by side for half the lap. It yep. was the 10 laps that <laughs> Larson to that. had to figure out how to get yes. by him and what they each were doing that is fascinating. That's what makes, well, from being in a car, that's what makes yep. driving a race car fun, right? It's not the side by side. It's all of this. Yeah. The, the, the gamesmanship, the skill that it takes to do those things, we got to see an incredible race with two really good race car drivers with all on the line. That's what racing is. It's not, it doesn't have to be side by side to have a good race. And I, that, that race on, on Saturday was as, fulfilled me as much as I could possibly be in regard to sports because it was two guys going at it. Yeah. And it, it's not, side by side is not required. But yeah. I'll say the key, and I think you agree with me, DJ, is the insight that, they, that you guys are giving as it's going on to say, here's what everybody's thinking. Because when you have that driver perspective, that's the key because there's a yeah. lot going into that. It's not just a guy trying to figure out the right time. There's a yeah. lot that went into the 14 laps it took for him to finally get by the 48 car. Yeah, and you could see the two driving styles drastically different, uh, but both getting the job done. Uh, Alex Bowman out front uh, at times, and he changed up where he would enter the corner and where he was in the middle of the corner, so it made Kyle Larson not know exactly what he was going to have to do. And, and I will have to say that sometimes I'm not a huge fan of going to the in-car camera for a lengthy period of time, especially when we have a battle. Mm -hmm. But to watch Kyle Larson the other day was fascinating to me. To watch this young man drive this car at such a high speed and the way that he was using the throttle and how hmm. quickly he was getting back to the gas uh, in comparison to the way Alex Bowman was driving his car was just incredible to watch. And, you know, we're talking about, as you pointed out, that Kyle Larson right now, the best in the business doing all this, and we were getting to see from inside his car how he was making this happen and how he was going about making this pass. We've both been in the situation where there's a guy chasing us down or we're chasing the guy down and you have exposed your weakness to him. Yes. You know it, and he knows it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now you got to do something different. He knows you got to do it. You know you got to do it. You know he sees it. He's going to do something different because you, you just showed him. That's the thing that, that's great about driving yeah. a race car. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't drive the corner the same way every lap. It's a changing game all the time. As tires wear out, as your opponents bring something, you got to do something different. And that was just a great opportunity to see it happen with a win on the line. It was just fun. I mean, it was yeah, just fun right. to see And then as guys. teammates, 
you know that when you're racing your teammate, he has every single thing that you have. Every bit of horsepower. He's got every component right. on his car that you have on yours. So there's no difference. If you're racing uh, another driver, uh, say you know you're driving a Chevrolet as as Larson was, and and you've got you're racing one of the Fords or Toyotas, mm-hmm. you know that there might be something a little different to where you might have a little bit of an advantage there. But when you're racing a teammate. You can throw that out the window. you got to figure something else out. Cliff Daniels told me that he told Kyle Larson Saturday night after the race that was a master class in patience behind him. Oh, yeah. And Kyle said, oh, I was getting impatient, <laughs> but I knew I couldn't let myself go there. And he said something interesting to me, DJ. He said, that's our next level of maturation for Kyle. I was impressed because he could have foreseen issue numerous times yeah. and didn't do it. So talk about what that, that patience required for a championship-level driver to – Maybe not make the move when you think you can make the move. Well, I think the biggest thing that he has in the bank are those wins and all the good runs. (laughs) That helps helps patience a lot right Right. there. You can be a lot more patient in that situation, (laughs) understanding that, you know, it's not a must. And he knew that even if he didn't, yeah, and if he didn't get it done, he's got another race the next day. So there's so Mm -hmm. many things to the doubleheader side of it. But I will say that... Kyle Larson, I think, he wanted to win that race. You know, he knew what was on the line. That was going to be four in a row. Not many people have done that. So you could tell that there were a couple of times that he wanted to push the issue, but he didn't. I was really impressed with with the patience that he showed because if another... If we have another caution, then he knows he's basically going to have to line up behind Alex Bowman Mm -hmm. uh, instead of taking that inside. So three years ago, I don't know that Kyle Larson exhibits that patience. You know, to me... The, the the weakness of Kyle Larson three or four years ago was the ability to close the deal. And, you know, now, you know, it, he's gone past that. I mean, mm-hmm. now he's gone past that. There's a lot of drivers, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of drivers that can go fast, right? A 400 or 500-mile race is more than just making lap time. It's about managing the event. You have mm-hmm. to manage the entire day. And, and... I think it's fair to say there's very few people that can go really, really fast and manage all those things. Yeah. And and our sport is full of people that can go fast but can't manage. They can manage but can't go fast. Hmm. It's only very few that can do both. And I think Larson now has moved himself into that group that can do both. It's very difficult to do both. I never could do both. I wasn't. I couldn't. Hmm. And 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 it just it's just how it was. Jeff Gordon could do it better. Jimmy Johnson yeah. could. There's people yeah. that could do it better. And, but Kyle Larson's moved into that group that can do both. Let's unpack the, the Larson tire thing just real quick before we move to Sunday. You know, the speculation in the garage on Sunday morning was that, oh, he's running way too low on the racetrack. They went way too low on air pressures. Cliff Daniels told me exact same air pressures as the run before. I asked Kyle Larson straight out, do you think you were running too low? He said, nope, I wasn't running any lower than anyone else. He was clearly, though, a car length, you know, almost a full car width lower than Bowman in, on entry into every corner. Would that have been a factor, Jeff? So, so yes, it could have been a factor. It, it definitely could have been a factor. And the, you don't hurt you hurt the tire early in the run. Yeah. Right. So if you go back and remember the race, they would happen early in the run, the mm-hmm. first four or five laps. That's when you hurt the tire. Once the air pressure mm-hmm. gets up, you're not going to hurt the tire. It would be pure speculation to say they hurt the tire early in a run, run in the bottom. It would be pure speculation. 
But it's possible. It's yeah. certainly possible. It's one of those racetracks that we've seen left front tire failures because of camber, low air pressure, and those bumps. To get back to the winner, is there any team flying more below the radar than the 48 sitting there with three wins? <laughs> and it seems like nobody's even talking about them as a team that could possibly be in Phoenix in the championship four. I know, yeah, because every time that you start talking about how good Hendrick Motorsports is, you're really talking about the effort that Larson is putting there, how well the the uh, former champion or past champion, yeah. the, uh, the current champion, and uh, Chase Elliott, uh, even though he didn't have a very good weekend this weekend, uh, and William Byron running really well. I, you Very seldom do we bring up Alex Bowman. Here he is with three wins. And I don't care how you get them. You know, yeah. He's going he's gonna to lose a race like that one day, and he's like, oh, well, I got at least I had that one there. Yeah, so, right. Uh, right. yes, he, he is someone that I think is showing – that you, you, you might can look at a group of tracks that he's really good at uh, and maybe others that he needs to improve on, but you can say that about most out there. And, and again, I know we've said this before on the show, and I know we're not supposed to repeat ourselves, but Rick Hendrick right. hired three young guys yep. and gave them time to grow. And now he's sitting here with four winners right. that can be with him for a long time, they're all going to have to continue to improve. If you don't, they're not going to be good enough anymore. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. But he has four drivers that are, have enough talent that show the willingness to improve, the willingness to be better. They seem to all get along. They're going to push each other. He could be set for drivers for the next 10 years. Yeah. And, and, but there was a price to pay for that. Yeah. Yes. And, and he paid that price, and now here he is sitting there with four winners. And that's, been the, that's really been – part of the success of Hendrick. I mean, when we were racing against them, they had Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know what I mean? We used to laugh about how much money they made just on souvenirs, right? (laughs) So so that's been part of the success of Hendrick is that success makes more success, and now he has four drivers that, you know, he can can go a long way down the road. I don't think the ECR-Hendrick engine combination has hurt the field either. I think that's been the big kind of behind-the-scenes secret of what's going on with Chevrolet. So, uh, you know, we haven't been in the garage much, you know, for the last year and a half. Lately been able to go in the garage, and the people that that I go to whenever I'm in the garage, that was on everybody's mind. Sure. You know, look, they they can make more downforce and get by with it because they have more power. Right. They don't pay the penalty of slowness down the straightaway because they have more power. That's what the garage thinks. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? But that is what the majority of the garage thinks. Uh, Let's move to race number two. DJ, have you ever seen a car win a race with an obviously very talented driver with no clutch and stuck in high gear? (laughs) Not that I can remember. Not that I can remember. We've all probably driven in a situation like that, but I know I didn't win any races like that for sure. (laughs) I wasn't nearly good enough to do that. But uh, that that just fascinated me that when when Kyle Busch even – when y'all started talking about him being in the mix there with that group that were saving mm-hmm. fuel, I'm like, how did this even happen? You know, this he could barely get off of pit road uh, with all of this. And, uh, you know, just phenomenal that he was able to do that. Didn't hurt that he had an extra lap of fuel on everybody, too. Yeah. Well, it started here, right? Yeah. So you got to beat the pace car to the line because yeah. of where he was pitted. And he beat him to the line, but he was going so slow they all flew by him. Yeah. But he beat him to the line. Yeah. And then look where he leaves this to me is fascinating. This is him coming. They're dropping the green. Denny Hamlin is in 16th. Okay, he gets to Denny. He eventually gets to Denny Hamlin. Yeah. He had his car was fast enough. Yeah. And how much fuel was he burning? 
to get yeah, to right. Denny Hamlin yeah. to ultimately run them out of fuel. That's really what they did. That's, that's yeah, what he exactly. did. He went sooner than the 11 wanted to go, but yeah. I felt like the 11 did, felt like they didn't have a choice. We've got to go. This is the race for the win. Yeah, if the 18 gets in front of us, we're over. So, right. so the, the 18's like, go. And as soon as he went, it, the game over for everybody else. It, it, you're either going to have enough fuel or you're not. And so Kyle Busch did an incredible job of working himself through the traffic, getting to them, Look how far behind he was, yeah. and he got to him, and and so that got a little bit lost during the you know I the, honestly I was watching it and just didn't explain it, and I wish I had of, but that kind of got lost to, you know how he worked himself through the field because he did a masterful job of getting to those guys, and then uh, you know, you got to give him a ton of credit for that. I mean he he had a fast he he had the fast he they had the best car they had a good car they had yeah, the best sure car did. there's no question and he and yeah. he did what he had to to get it there. Yeah. And I would say, too, I would argue that being that far behind, going through that traffic probably helped him fuel mileage as well, right? I mean, well, it doesn't gonna, hurt in that yeah. because, you know, he, he knew, he understood. I think they had a plan from the beginning as the only way that they could salvage a good finish was going to be to try to finish that race with that tank of fuel. And so then Kyle got himself in the right position with a group of cars that was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But he's in the middle of this, as Denny was too. So they were both doing a good job, but then he forced Denny's hand. I don't know. On that pit stop, he did say, should we just pack up and go home? (laughs) (laughs) He literally said, what are we doing? Why are we running here? This is ridiculous. We're never going to finish the race. It didn't even dawn on him they could possibly win the thing. So I'm looking out of the booth, right? And they're coming to one to go. I know they're coming to one to go. And here he is coming down pit road. And we have a button that we can push and just talk amongst the guys in the booth. And I said, that is a bold call. Yeah. Bringing a guy down pit road with one to go with only fourth gear. And then you reported and said they had to put the shifter boot back in. Right. Back on, right? So I'm like, okay, they made them come back down pit road. In a crazy way, that saved them. That, that's what got them the advantage so, of the fuel. And... On top of that, remember remember on Saturday, who did they penalize for laying back on the restart? Yeah, 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 that's right. So they weren't going to let Kyle Busch lay back on the restart and get a run. Mm-hmm. He only was allowed to do this because he wasn't laying back. It's just yeah. he had to come to pit road to serve a penalty. So if he starts at the back of this line and they all accelerate, he's losing momentum as they go down the front straightaway, and he's not getting to Denny Hamlin. So... The penalty... Having the running start. Yes, the penalty actually <laughs> helped him win the race. I mean, it gave you know, him the fuel and gave him the momentum he correct, needed. Correct, yeah. correct. NASCAR would not allow him to do that. Right. No. Good. But they, there's nothing to penalize when you're coming off pit road. So yeah. all that actually ended up working out for him. Worked out perfectly. Sometimes Who knew day. a NASCAR penalty <laughs> would work out perfectly to give a guy a win, right? Um, let's, let's talk about William Byron real quick. Is that a, an example of he and Rudy, Rudy Fugel needing to work together in that scenario a little bit more because he was burning a ton of fuel and like this is great but they they had he should have let him know on lap one of that run you got to start saving now he should have but all the all of his teammates ran out too yeah so and well no kyle larson didn't fair okay so so here, so here's why he slowed I, down a ton. He slowed down a ton, Which and William Byron could have done in that line of, behind the one that was pulling everybody. Yeah, instead of building up 12 seconds, he could have been saving in there. So I think. So here's what I think. I think Rudy and them said we can't make it. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And then he goes, and then Rudy says, "Well, there's nothing 
there's no harm here in seeing if he can slow down enough to make it. Yeah. I think that was the – I'm assuming that that was the determination. Look, we can't make it. Just go. And then he looked up, recognized the situation. Other people could make it. Well, heck, let's see what would happen. Let's, mm-hmm. let's see if he could make it. That's the only thing I can assume. Not, yeah. I know it's all the same stuff, but different drivers get different fuel mileage. Sure. Yes. So maybe their fuel mileage wasn't as good as their teammates. I mean, yeah. you know, it's been like that forever. Just because you drive a Hendrick car with a Hendrick motor – you get this X amount of gas mileage. That's not true. Different driving styles mm-hmm. take different amount of fuel mileage. So maybe his fuel mileage wasn't as good as the teammates. Yeah, and and that horsepower that you were just talking about a little while ago that they have that everybody thinks that 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 takes fuel to make that of horsepower. Of course, yeah. I, I I know that well from Robert and Doug Yates <laughs> for a lot of years. We we, we won one race that where fuel came into play, and that was yeah. Dover, Delaware. So wasn't uh, it Robert that said you got to feed those ponies? That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Bubba Wallace. Top five for that race team with Michael Jordan in the house all weekend long, Saturday and Sunday. Much needed, well timed top ten, top five for them, DJ. Yeah, there's no doubt that that this team needed something good to happen. However, they had to go about getting it. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a lot of circumstances. Yeah, he didn't run in the top five all day, but it was a solid day for them. They ran much better. Uh, Just shows that with a a day before of running and and what you would consider practice, uh, that, you know, this was... They came out and performed better on the second day of it. So uh, that, that's what a team, especially a new team like this, and a driver in a new situation uh, needs more of that. So good for them. Hopefully they can build on this. He needs this. You can almost see the relief from him right there. A lot of pressure, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of eyeballs on him. Uh, you know, there, it just is. And it's a lot. So having the opportunity to say, hey, we can do this, and that's good for you as a person. I don't care what anybody says. You feel that pressure. You yeah. feel those eyeballs. There's a lot on his shoulders, and he needed a good finish, not just a good day, a good finish. No doubt about it, and you could see that pressure release from Bubba Wallace after the race. Michael Jordan around as well, so it always is good when you run well in front of the boss. Hey, speaking of a guy who ran well this past weekend, Michael McDowell led for a little bit yesterday. He's going to join us here next on Motormouth. There's McDowell. What's up, Michael? We'll talk to you here in a second, here on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, guys, it was nice to see Michael McDowell running up front. Led seven laps, DJ, on Sunday. Two top 20 finishes. And uh, good to see that car up front. Yeah, it really is. I know that had to give them uh, a lot more confidence uh, at a track like this, a very difficult track, to get themselves in position and be out front. 
get a little time for their sponsors. There you go. It's nice to have that with Martin Truex Jr. behind them. And Michael McDowell joins us now here on NASCAR America Motor Mouth. So how would you assess the weekend, especially Sunday with those laps up front, Michael? Yeah, it was it was a good weekend. It was a solid weekend. I think we had high expectations. You know, last year we were able to get a top 10 at Pocono. So we felt like our package was pretty good, you know, coming back there. And uh, with the double header, you know, not having a practice, we felt like we had a good baseline. But, um, yeah, all in all, it was a good weekend. You know, we led both days, scored some stage points, top 20. So it's not a whole lot to be upset about. But, um, you know, you always want more and, and felt like we had a car that was capable of doing it. And, I uh, had brand new partners this weekend with Horizon Hobby and Armor RC cars on there. So it was good that we got out front and got some TV time and um, had a fast car, but we are hoping to uh, finish there in the top 10. So, Michael, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move you forward. I want to get your perspective of Road America. I, I've never been there before. <laughs> I know DJ's called some races there, but I want you to tell, give us the inside story about how you are going to make it happen this weekend at Road America. Yeah, Road America is an amazing road course. You know, it, it's, a, it's a long road course, you know, over four miles long. Uh, it's got high speed, you know, long straightaways, hard braking, but it also has tight, twisty technical. Uh, so it has a little bit of everything that, that you would want in a road course, elevation changes, um, and, and it's challenging. You know, there's not a lot of room for error there. There's not a lot of runoff, in, in, especially in the high speed areas. Um, but there's, you know, there's opportunity to challenge yourself and to really push your car and push yourself to find speed. And you, you really have to put it right on the edge, you know, similar to Watkins Glen up through the S's and things like that, where you're just right on the limit. Um, so it takes a fine balance, like most road courses, where you got to be pushing hard, but you can't overstep it. Um, but I, it's just a track that I've always loved, uh, even before getting into NASCAR and open wheel and, and sports cars. Uh, you know, I've had some success there and always enjoy going to Road America, especially this time of year. Yeah, so we show showing your race win there. So you do know a lot about that. And I think that's why Jeff asked that question and going to look forward to that. My question is, how much fun is it to now watch all of these guys battling around that 16th playoff spot, and you're sitting there locked in. You haven't been in this position. This has to be fun. Yeah, it, it has been fun. And I think that, you know, it's allowed us to just enjoy it a little bit more. You know, um, you're always trying to get the best result every weekend that you can. Um, but it's allowed us to be, you know, just a little bit more aggressive with strategy, you know, try some different things. You know, we've definitely been pushing hard to uh, to get stage wins if we can, uh, just to try to get as many points as we can for the playoffs. So hopefully we can put ourselves in position to do that. But, you know, this is one of those racetracks that we circled at the beginning of the year that we thought we'd have a shot at winning. And Obviously, getting the win at Daytona uh, was was awesome and, and got us a great head start for the season. But, you know, I still feel like we have a lot to prove and, and feel like we have an opportunity to do that. Michael, NASCAR has called in with a question for you. Go ahead, NASCAR. Hey, Michael, congratulations once again on the 500. Um, as, a long, as a lifelong NASCAR fan, obviously Daytona, what it did for your career. But this year, it just seems like, you're more competitive. We're seeing you up there battling with the guys more. Do you feel that's a fair assessment? And how would you assess your, your season? And and to me, it just seems like you, this. in years past, this has been the best you've ran. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that, Carl. We uh, we have. You know, this has definitely been our best year at Front Row. 
you know, the win, like I said, obviously kicked everything off in, the, in a great direction and was, was huge. But, you know, just being able to be in that top 10 and top 15 and, and to be there competitively week in and week out is, uh, is a real big accomplishment for us. And, and we've made huge gains and feel like, you know, not that we're a contender for the win every single weekend, but we are definitely in the mix a lot more than we've ever been. And, and so it's been an exciting year. It's been fun. You know, even you look at this past weekend at Pocono and, you know, we kind of feel like it was a bad weekend with, with two uh, top 20s and, and leading laps and getting stage points. So I think we've come a long way as a race team. And, um, you know, as you as you get better and more competitive, the, uh, the goals and objectives kind of move up with it. So, um, but yeah, it's been a great year and we're, we're really proud of where, where we are and where we're going. Hey, Michael, I know with three road courses in the next five races, you're excited about that um, after leading the laps at Pocono. But how much are you guys preparing for the playoffs versus worried about the regular season right now? Maybe we lost Michael. His video was freezing up there. Michael, you got us, bud? You didn't, he didn't like your question. Or maybe I know, maybe he was very <laughs> upset about my question. So... But that's that a legit question for a small-time team, you know. And then you have the next-gen car coming as well. So it's like, how much do you spend worrying about the regular season versus playoffs versus worrying about 2022? And uh, uh, listen, I think, I think that team, what that team is smart to do is focus on the super speedway races. Michael's really good <laughs> at that. Focus on the road course races. He's really good at that, right? And then that extra bump that they got from winning the Daytona 500, hopefully they've been able to – to have some more finances, to yeah, also yeah. step up all their other games. Yes. He, he's going to compete at Talladega. He's going to compete uh, at, at, the, at, at the Roval. He's mm -hmm. going to be able to get his job done there. Can his equipment take him to other places? I think he can carry them in those races. Can his equipment help him in those other ones? I think that's the question. Yeah. So, Michael, I think you're back with us, correct? We have video yeah, and audio so. now. Yes, Sorry there you that. go. <laughs> that's all right. No, no. So the question was, how much are you guys worried about the playoffs versus kind of Focusing on the regular season, I know these next three road course races very important to your team. Yeah, we're focused on these next few road courses for sure because they're opportunities for us. And, and you know, that's the one thing that we've done really well this year is capitalize on those opportunities. You know, like, like Jeff was just talking about, the road courses and the super speedways, uh, not just Daytona, but Talladega, you know, running third there and, and having top tens at the other road courses. These races we have to make count. Um, and we know that. So that, that's very important in the next few weeks. And, you know, even though we're locked in, I, I really have set a goal to to be in the top 15, 16 in points, um, you know, heading into the playoffs. I know it doesn't matter, but to me it does, knowing that we would have made it legitimately on points too. Uh, so we have a, a little battle inside of our own battle. But, um, you know, we are looking forward to the playoffs. We know that first round is going to be very, very challenging for us, um, just not our strengths. So we're working really hard on building new cars and, and trying to uh, do as much as we can with simulation and, and with our, you know, our, our partners and with our alliance with Roush Fenway. So um, we're definitely getting prepared, but these next few weeks are important to us. Hey, Michael, you and the rest of the drivers spent an entire year basically in 2020 of racing in front of no fans or very few. Uh, how gratifying is it now to go to the racetrack, see these stands filled? Nashville last weekend was amazing. Uh, Pocono, uh, the site there with all the campers and fans was incredible. Uh, has to be good, uh, and especially getting their accolades now and to be able to enjoy what you've been able to accomplish. 
Yeah, it's been awesome. Like you said, it's, uh, it feels like we're getting back to normal and having fans there. Um, you know, it definitely changes the routine. You know, I, you get used to just showing up and walking to your car. And um, I had to leave, you know, 20 minutes early for intros to sign autographs this weekend, which was nice. And uh, it's just great to see everybody out there and, and, you know, really bigger turnouts than we've, you know, even seen in the past. So it's it's great to have our fans back. And uh, and like you said, to celebrate that victory, you know, everywhere we go, you know, people are still talking about the 500. So that's fun to, uh, you know, to sign autographs and interact with the fans and, and kind of celebrate with them too. Mike, we got a text message right there. So just want to make sure you saw that as it popped on the screen. So, uh, hey, you get extra credit, by the way, for dialing back in. We appreciate the effort. Good to see you this weekend. We'll see you in Road America, okay? All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Michael McDowell's got some text to answer. So, you know, <laughs> I saw it pop up there. Yeah. I thought I'd mentioned. Make sure you saw it, right, Jeff? Don't miss your text. Just trying to help. Hey, when we come back, super sub Justin Allgaier, he'll join us. He had a doubleheader Sunday at Pocono. He'll be here next on Motor Mouse. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. An unexpectedly busy Sunday for Justin Allgaier. He finished third in the uh, Xfinity Series race. And then when that finished, she had to hop out, and then they said, hey, can you come and drive the cup car, Jeff, for the 77 after the uh, big accident with Justin Haley? I didn't know that he could fit in Justin Haley's seat. He seems like <laughs> he a said it fit perfect. That was standing there. He goes, it's was... great. I'm yeah. like, wow. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, does it? Like, where you're like, that feels great. So, Justin Allgaier joining us here on Motor Mouse. How you doing, man? And uh, what a busy Sunday for you. Well, to answer uh, part of that real quick, I was really surprised I fit in his seat as well because he's a lot skinnier than I am. So I, I, I was not really <laughs> sure. But but I feel like, um, Jeff and Dale, you guys have both probably driven some race cars in your day that didn't fit quite as well as you thought they were going to, but you did it anyways because that was what you needed to do. And I think that's what the case was yesterday. You know, you go out there and uh, make the most of a bad situation. Obviously, didn't want to see Justin not be able to race the race, but um, in the in that moment, filling in was great and, and had a great day. and A uh, long day, but a great day. Yeah, that was good. A, a nice fit for that. I think being 6'2", there wasn't many opportunities <laughs> to get in somebody's car. I got in for Michael Waltrip one time, and I actually had more room than I even knew you could get in these cars. Oh, Michael's 6'5", so yeah. that was good. Great job over the weekend, uh, and, and your Xfinity program really looks to be solid right now. You and Jason Burdett are uh, really putting things together here, as you have for a long period of time. Uh, I, I know that as I ask what you need to do as far as getting yourself playoff ready, uh, probably figure out a little bit more speed occasionally against that 22 car? Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting yesterday. Um, it's super 
different to be on a doubleheader weekend and having the truck series race before the cup series. And then obviously a week go after uh, the, the first cup race. And, and I thought that, you know, I thought that there were a few teams that probably had a little more information than we had as far as what we needed to do to be a little bit better uh, for yesterday's race. But, but as a whole, I think we've done a great job as a company of making the most of our situation. Um, you know, we're, we're still, I think a lot of people forget how small our team really is um, in comparison to a lot of the other teams that we're racing against. And, and so, you know, they did a great job. Um, obviously, we had a beautiful Hellman's Camaro there you see in the video. But, you know, we felt like for us, um, you know, we felt like we had a really good car, a car that could be capable of winning the race maybe. And one of those restarts, uh, we got some damage from, from one of the cars we were going around. And, and I felt like that was the difference maker. You know, it, it actually broke the nose um, and, and moved the nose outside of the splitter on the left front there and really damaged that whole corner of the car. And I felt like that was kind of the difference maker for us. But, you know, all in all, um, you know, we've had, what, uh, two seconds and a third these last these last couple of weeks. And I think six six out of the last eight maybe have been top fives or top ten. So, you know, we've, we've steadily gotten our program better. Um, you know, Jason Burdett, obviously, and I get along great. And um, our whole seven team really gels well. But but as a whole, our, our entire team at Junior Motorsports just – the quality of cars they're building right now and, and the effort that they're putting in, you know, what Chevrolet's doing, what the Hendrick engine shop's doing, it all makes a big difference. And you're battling in a game of inches and, and not yards in this NASCAR Xfinity Series. You know, we, we've got some great competitors, and, and we're trying to make the most of it. Came up a little bit short the last few weeks, but uh, it's not for lack of effort, and we'll keep keep trying to make it work. Justin, I asked Michael McDowell the same thing. You've raced at Road America a great deal in the Xfinity Series. Uh, tell us about the racetrack. Where do you think the most important parts of the track coming up this weekend are? Well, I'm excited to get the Cup Series cars there first and foremost. I think it's going to be a fantastic event um, for the July weekend. I mean, it just it has all the makings of kind of being a marquee event for the year, but but I think you know going on into the future. But you know, for me, I think a couple of things come to mind. Um, you know, one of the biggest things about Road America that we don't talk about a lot but is the distance you know it's over four miles a lap so your your caution flag laps are extremely long great opportunities to save fuel and a caution so if you do end up with a caution a race which we all hope not to um you know there is that possibility of saving some fuel changing the strategy a lot but then there's also a, a really good mix of heavy braking zones lots of elevation change um and and some really technical corners after those heavy braking zones, some slow speed corners, and then you get to the back straightaway and you got the kink, which I feel like the kink is kind of the, that's kind of one of those corners where you, you just look at it and you go, there is no way I'm going to go as fast as I need to to get to that corner and make it out the other side. And sometimes you don't. We've seen that in the Xfinity series. You know, guys get a little bit too brave. They, they get off in the grass just a little bit. And from there, it's just a calamity. So you know, I think that the braking zones are going to be the most important piece, though. Maximizing your braking all day, not wearing your brakes out. And if you can do that, you're going to have a, have a great opportunity of going to victory lane. Justin, we're going to go to the phones. Marvin has called in with a question for you. Marvin, go ahead. You're on with Justin Allgaier. How you doing, Justin? I'm good, Marvin. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. You did a great job on Sunday in that Xfinity race at Pope. You know, you drove the wheels off that seven machine. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, Justin, my question for you is, uh, we're heading to one of my, me and my dad's favorite road courses, Road America, mm -hmm. and I want to know how fast of a uh, car you're going to have on Saturday to get you a victory for Junior Motorsports. Well, it's going to need to be really fast because we're going to have some really good racers in that race. Um, 
you know, going along with the, the normal few that that uh, that we race with on the Xfinity Series side. I know there's some other guys that are going to come in and run with us that uh, that you know obviously will be super fast as well. So you know, this is a fun racetrack. I, I, like I said a minute ago, I think it's, it's one of my favorite racetracks on the schedule and and going to be a marquee event for the Cup Series. I, I, I have no doubt. But I think the key uh, for us is, is just doing what we know how to do, executing the race the best we know how. Um, I love that shot right there. You know, being able to hug my wife and my daughter going to victory lane there. Um, but but just executing the race. And that's something that we've done really well these last handful of weeks. We've executed. Uh, maybe even when we didn't have the fastest car, we've been able to execute. And I think that's going to be the difference maker to me at, at Road America is the team that executes the best, that that has four fenders and and. Um, you know, just has brakes, has all the things you need when the race comes to an end. I think is going to be the team that goes to victory lane, and hopefully we can uh, we can keep keep the momentum going and do that. I want to talk family in a second, but first I want to talk to you about you know coming up. We have this Olympic break, which is going to be unique. Two weeks off. Did you guys set goals before the season to say, hey, when we get to that point in the season, it's a nice break point with some regular season races left before the playoffs start. Did you set goals, say, hey, here's where we need to be at that point in the year? No, I don't think so, because I, I think that it's it's hard to it's hard to adapt midseason, right? I think sometimes if you're if you're off, you're almost better better to take little swings at it than to get some time off and, and to try and reinvent the wheel, right? If if you're if things are going good and everything's working well, you you don't want those weeks off. But but I really believe that if you um, you're going to have to utilize these two weeks well because we don't get a lot of breaks uh, in, in, in our series. So to have those two two-week break is going to be very interesting. Um, obviously, I'm excited for the Olympics, uh, but it does it does change our schedule and the feel of our schedule. So, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. Um, but I, I think, you know, for us, it's, it's we, we've been doing a good job and we need to take those two weeks and just kind of mend the fences, if you will, and, and make sure that you know, all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed and, and get ourselves ready for that, that push for the playoffs. I think that's going to be the most important piece is being ready when those playoffs start. We saw the great shot of you and Ashley and Harper. Since then, little Willow has come into the mix, and uh, I saw you carrying her coming into the garage yesterday. Uh, how's life at the Algar House? Are you guys getting any sleep these days? Uh, no sleep. Uh, unfortunately, no sleep. Uh, no, but she's, she's, been a, she's been a great child. Um, obviously, you know, couldn't ask for anything more than to have two healthy kids. Um, you know, Harper has been an absolute sweetheart with, with helping us with Willow. She's, she's been like a little mom. You see right there, she does have a broken arm. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, she started cheerleading and uh, week two, she took a tumble off the top of the, uh, off the top of the pile and broke an arm. So that's slowed her down just a little bit, but, but, um, you know, my wife's a rock star and, and being able to travel and, and, you know, help me, um, you know, with the racing side of things, but then also to take care of the kids when. I'm in the race car, not being able to be around. It's, it's been a little bit crazy and hectic, but she's a rock star and, and got a beautiful family. So uh, no complaints on my end. Trust me, it's, it's, it's been a, an absolute blast and looking forward to watching both of them grow up. You're a blessed man. Always good yeah. to see the family at the racetrack and uh, good to see you in a doubleheader this past weekend. And nice finish on Sunday in the cup race too, by the way. That was, that was fun to watch. I didn't think 25th, that, I, that, that's a good finish for that car, Justin. Yeah, you know, obviously um, not the ideal situation filling in in a last-minute situation um, like that with Justin Haley. So first of all, you know, I was happy to see 
um, that Justin was okay after that wreck. I mean, that was a heavy hit. I talked to Justin actually this morning, and and we talked about it uh, again on post race. And you know, don't want to have those situations, but but obviously in those moments, being able to fit in the seat, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, like I said, so uh, you know, I, I thought that it was good to be able to fit the seat, good to be able to go out there and do it. And um, you know, hats off to the Spire uh, Motorsports guys. You know, that was. That was a uh, a fun car to drive, you know. That Kevin Bellacourt and that whole team on the, the seventy seven, they do a great job, and it was good to get back in the Cup Series and, and and be able to make some laps. But you know, huge thanks to NASCAR as well and all the safety partners because that hit was truly incredible and uh, something that we don't ever want to see. But when you do have those, to watch a driver walk away is really cool. Yeah, we're glad to hear that he's okay and going to be with us at Road America this weekend, obviously. As will you, and we'll see you out there. How about that? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you there. All right, yeah, Justin Allgaier joining us here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a tough situation, Jeff. I don't care if you've never been in a race car to go out there and, A, fit in the car, but then, B, run it and run it well. I mean, it's not an easy situation to be in. No, it's not. And, and, but, but he's the right guy. Yeah. I mean, Justin's yeah. got the experience. He has a lot of respect in the garage. Uh, he does a really good job uh, on Saturdays. Does really good when, you know, he ran a lot of several years in Cup. So he, he's the right guy for the job. Understands where that team is knows what the goal is, and goes and executes. I mean, yeah. perfect pick. Yeah, and I hate to put this on because it's not a fair thing to say about it, but he's kind of become the super sub. <laughs> but he's so much right. more than that because we're talking about a very talented driver. Uh, just so impressed with him. Uh, good person, uh, good family man. Just so much good ab- about Justin Allgaier and all the things that he does with the sport. And he, as you said, he's the perfect person to, to jump in there because he understands what to do. And I'm going to say this about the weekend because he brought it up, he used the term, and so for all of those people, I know it's a holiday weekend, mm-hmm. July 4th weekend, so there might be a few drinking games going on. <laughs> kink is going to be heat. the kink. kink. The kink. Oh, yeah, the yes. kink. In because that, yeah. every driver that y'all talk to, be it. Yeah, I think the kink, that, that gets their attention. <laughs> every driver I've ever talked to, that's one of the first things they talk about. You know I can influence this game, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> Shuttle you a little money. Do you ever fill in for anyone, by the way, in your career? Did you have to um, fill in for a driver? Yeah, there was a couple. I, I did. Michael Waltrip was the first yeah, one that I that. did yeah. uh, at, at Bristol. Uh, uh, he was under the weather, and, and, um, and I was driving for the Wood Brothers, and he uh, unfortunately needed to get out of the car, and we had blown up. And uh, uh, so uh, I got in there, and uh, gosh, that, that is just so different about, you know, because we all, you know, we talk about we look for different things mm-hmm. in the car as far as the way they drive. Yeah. I, the things that you want as far as driver comfort are so different, too. I, I can remember Michael's steering wheel was way up here, and it was like, holy cow, how am I going? And I had to drive like 300 laps. But uh, Same anyway. for you. Do you fill in for someone? I filled in for Hutch Strickland, and actually it was my rookie. My, the first race I ever ran in Cup uh, was in oh. New Hampshire. I wrecked like on lap three, cleaned out mm. two or three cars with me, <laughs> and, and uh, my first race, We've making a good impression. Like yeah. and, uh, and Hutch Strickland got sick in the race. Uh-huh. And I got in, I drove for, I drove my first cup race, wrecked in like lap three, drove for Junior Johnson all on the same day. Hell of a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good point about you. That's a good, good plan. Stuff, That's good stuff. Good stories from you guys. Hey, when we come back, Harrison Burton will be joining us here on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. We'll talk a little Pocono and Road America as well. eBay Motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease and a whole lot of love. You transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride 
every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back with NASCAR America Motor Mouse, Harrison Burton joining us here on the show. And Harrison, listen, I'm not a member of the Burton family, but I know the rules. 24 hours, good or bad, you got to move on. So I'm assuming you've moved on from Pocono already because it's Monday and that was yesterday. I guess so. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's always, you know, it's hard to move on, right? It's, uh, you know, you look back at a race like Pocono for us and, and we're really fast, obviously won the first stage and I felt like we got tremendously better in the second stage. So uh, to wreck and, and lose the chance to win that race really uh, sucks, but you know, I just made a mistake. I got in there, tried to make an aggressive pass on the seven. Um, I thought I was clear. And it's hard for the spotters to see down in turn one. And uh, I kind of had to use my own judgment and I made the wrong call. And that's racing, right? So, um, you know, by the time he was beside me like that, I was already heading up the racetrack and, and going to wreck, you know, if he got beside me and, and he was. So that's that's part of racing. Uh, I'll move on and, and, you know, try and be better from it. That's the biggest thing. Well, don't feel so bad. I, you did something that we've all done, and, and you will probably do it again uh, uh, from that. But when you have fast cars, that's usually when things like that happen. That's what I want to talk about. It seems like your cars, uh, that you're starting to show some more speed here uh, with uh, recent uh, races that I've watched. So that has to be encouraging for you. Yeah, it is. You know, we've been close a few times. I think back to Phoenix this year earlier uh, was a great speed race for us um a race where i you know i made an error and then we got behind on a set of tires um you know look at darlington as is a place that we were really close probably one change away from winning um homestead i felt like we fired off pretty good and, and blew a motor so there's been some places that's like gosh you know we we had all the pieces to the puzzle there uh, just need to find a way to put them together and, and i know we can do it that's that's the biggest thing is you know you know, I've won races. My crew chief, Jason Radcliffe, has won races. Every single guy on my race team has won races. So we all know we can do it. Um, now it's just about going and doing it, and, and we can't panic, right? We, we've got um, a great opportunity. Uh, the next few races are, are good tracks for me. I feel like I'm excited to go to Road America. It's one of my better road courses um, in Atlanta. I feel like we ran well there earlier this year. Um, so yeah, we, we're you know we're a, a team that's capable of winning at any time, and you know we just got to go do it. And and once we do, I think the floodgates will open. We'll see them. Harrison, I believe we have a call from someone who's called in and has a question for you. Go ahead, hit caller. You're on the line with Harrison Burton. Hello, Harrison. How you doing? Hey, good man. How are you? I'm really good. So, Harrison. Earlier this year in the Cup Series, you made your NASCAR Cup Series debut at Talladega, and you finished 20th. Is there a possibility that you might come to Daytona later in the Cup Series and race? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I've uh, got nothing on the plans right now. My biggest focus is in the Xfinity Series, and 
uh, trying to get those wins I was just talking about. Um, but the Talladega race happened very last minute, like, um, you know, probably three or four weeks before the race started is, is when I kind of knew it was going to happen. Not really sure. So, um, you know, if an opportunity arises, I'll be sure to jump on it. I, you know, you kind of have to be available for those. And if you can get a chance to kind of make a name for yourself, you got to do it. Right. So, um, you know, I don't have anything on the table right now, uh, but I'm, I'm not afraid to, to, to you know, to accept an offer if it, if it comes, but, um, you know, it's, it's just all about the Xfinity series right now for me, which is a place that I'm really enjoying myself and a uh, place where I feel like, you know, my focus should be. And, um, that's, that's really all I'm worried about. Hey, Harrison, can you help me out here? Your dad's never been to Road America. I know you just said it's your favorite road course. Can you give him a preview of what we're going to expect this weekend so he'll be ready in the booth to call the action? Yeah, it's tough. You know, the, the biggest thing about Road America is it's, it's a high-speed place um, with a lot of breaking zones, right? So there's a lot of, of chances to uh, lock up a left front tire, wheel hop, things like that, especially turn five is a downhill braking zone. Um, and then there's the kink, which is, you know, on the back stretch there, uh, super fast corner, really on the edge of grip, especially in the Xfinity cars, you're, you know, just off throttle, trying to get as soon as you can. It feels a lot like the tunnel turn, but you're hanging a right. So, uh, gosh, it's, it's a tough place, but that's what makes it so neat is there's so many different corners and you can really attack there. So the racing's normally fantastic and, and crazy. Uh, I know at the end of last, last year's race, I passed from 16th to fifth or something. And then, uh, found my way getting, getting booted on <laughs> under the grass in the last corner. So that's, uh, that's, that's road America for sure. Harrison, you're the only guy that's going to come on this show that I can say this to. I need some help cutting the grass. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> you can ask Jeff. You know, you, you didn't have to go right to me. You could have asked Jeff first. But no, I, Jeff, can, Jeff can give me an answer that you can't. So that's why I asked you, not Jeff. <laughs> Guess what you're oh, doing I right guess here. I got to do it then, right? You're cutting the grass. And maybe you can get your sister to help you as well. So good to well, see you, buddy. We'll see you. She's pretty handy. Uh, she's good in the outdoors, so she might. Yeah, she, she might is. Help. Yeah. Right. Trust me. Yeah, she helps out yeah. at our house. So, uh, all right. Good seeing you, bud. We'll see you in Wisconsin. Thanks, buddy. Good yeah, luck. Absolutely. See y'all right. there. Thank you. It's always fun. Yeah. Always good talking to your son, Jeff. I know you didn't want to really, you know, you never. It's odd, odd to interview your son. But well, I mean, listen, look, I mean, it's part of the deal, right? Right. But, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting to me for any young driver, not just mm-hmm. him. You know, he's he's had three three of the last four races have ended badly. They've mm-hmm. run well in all right. three of yeah. them, but they've all ended badly. So how do you deal with that as a young driver or an experienced driver? Well, what advice do you How do you, you deal them? with that? You're the guy. So yeah. it, well, you know, listen, I, I, I think you have to analyze each wreck for what they are, mm-hmm. right? And and what happened? How did it happen? What did you do wrong? And and analyze them and uh, uh, you know a, a change a, improve in that area but it's, it's interesting to me to see like what is he going to do the next three weeks right before the olympic break what is he going to do mm-hmm. do you push too hard like this is not just for my son for any driver right yeah. how do you respond to those things and and it's going to be interesting to see the weeks that he has coming up this is the other side of the burton 24-hour rule right don't celebrate for more than 24 hours and don't get down for more than 24 hours so hey i don't want to get out of here without talking about the the cut line in the cup series which is just mm. on fire lately jeff <laughs> i'm telling you what 
This is going to be crazy to watch over the next seven races. Yeah, it really is. Kurt Busch, you know, has done a really good job. Tyler Reddick, you know, he's he drives on edge all the time. Suarez and his team, they're coming on quick. I, this isn't over. It's yeah. going to get on. I think it's going to get even more competitive. They're going to be terrified to make a mistake. And and you're going to Road America, a place where all the drivers we just talked to are really hard. So a lot of pressure on these drivers coming up the next few weeks. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Kirk Busch has made an amazing move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really good driving. I thought he was set up there saving that fuel uh, yesterday a little bit. He thought he, might he was get, set up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might get him a bigger gap right there. But, but this is going to be really fun for us. Intense for those drivers, right. but fun for us. Don't take your eye off Daniel Suarez uh, of finding his way in there. He's getting more and more consistent with that uh, each and every week. That's a good race team for a first-year team. And with three road courses in the next five races, that's going to be even better for Suarez, I would agree or argue. And the other one is the regular season point standings, which we all kind of thought Kyle Larson would immediately step up and take it over. He didn't, but boy, is that tight. And that's for, in essence, three race wins, Jeff. That's 15 points. 15 points is a ton. And... Quietly, look at William Byron. I mean, William Byron sitting there in third. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Alex Bowman. We talked about Kyle Larson. We talked. I mean, like, quietly, there's William Byron sitting there in third. Real quick, DJ, I, I loved what you said about the fans, and I and they're saying we're going to have a hundred plus thousand fans this weekend at Road America. I mean, the I'm fans have been insane to watch. Like, it's been so cool to be around the sport. I have been there. I think you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Race, but it, there's only one way in and one way out, so you better leave early. <laughs> there's going to be a ton of fans there, and it's going to be a great, great weekend. But it's, it's so cool to see the fans back. I haven't seen this much excitement around NASCAR in a long time. Can't wait to get to Road America this weekend. And I hope there are 100,000 fans <laughs> there. We'll see you on Wednesday with Motor Mouse. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.